We know that when a tzaddik passes away, all of the work that that tzaddik invested in throughout their lifetime reaches its culmination at the point where the neshama leaves this world. And the timing of where the, when the neshama leaves the world and how it coincides with the parasha is very telling, gives us an insight into what this is all about. How come then did the Alter Rebbe pass away while on the run? And specifically in Parasha Shmois, which is all about being in Golos, what's the link between the Alter Rebbe, his life work, and surviving and thriving in Golos? The Tzemach Tzedek Shreib, when the Yisrael from Alter Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek writes about the passing of the Alter Rebbe, after the Tzemach Tzedek briefly describes all of the chaos and difficulty that the Alter Rebbe went through, on his uh, run from the from the French, from Napoleon's forces, until eventually he reached the village of Piena, which, according to the Tzemach Tzedek, happened Erev Shabbos Vayishlach Tov Kofayin Gimel, Erev Shabbos Parashas Vayishlach 1812. After that, the Tzemach Tzedek writes, Matzah Shabbos Kodesh of Parashas Shmois, which was Chov Gimel, the 23rd of the month, now, on the eve of the 24th of the month of Teves, halfway after 11 p.m., the Ark of Hashem, the Illuminator of the Jewish people, the Anointed of Hashem, was, so to speak, captured from us and taken on high. In other words, reporting when the Alter ever passed away. We know that any special occasion on the Jewish calendar, including special dates in the lives of Tzadikim, including and probably most importantly the days of the birth and passing of Tzadikim, are always related to the message and theme of the parasha that is read at the time around this particular event. And that's going to be relevant here too. Something actually that the Alter Rebbe made a big deal about when he said, that we have to live with the times, which meant we have to not only learn, but also live with the parish of the week. And therefore, there has to be a link between the parish and the events, in this case, the passing of the Alter Rebbe. Even though, as the Tzemach Tzedek points out, when did the Alter Rebbe pass away? On the eve of going into the 24th, of the 24th of Tevis, which is Matzah Shabbos, which means it's technically the first day of the week of Parashas Vaira, and maybe that's the parish we should be looking at. But look how the Tzemach Tzedek described it. He didn't simply satisfy himself with telling us that it was the eve of the 24th of Tevis. And not only did he add to that, that it was Motzei Shabbos, but he adds something else. The Tzemach Tzedek emphasizes that it was Motzei Shabbos Kodesh of Shmois. And then he also still tells us that Shabbos Shmois was the 23rd of Teves. So the Tzemach Tzedek is very clearly linking the Shabbos and the parish of Shmois to the story of the Alter Rebbe's passing. And we have to understand why. It's pretty clear from what the Tzemach Tzedek is saying that the Alter Rebbe's passing is linked to and actually fundamentally linked to Parashat Shmois. Let's understand how and why. Of a frat. 
as the Gehnoi as man Eistalkus is given with the Tzemach Tzedek Shreib, Kachatzei Shal Yud Aleph. Especially when we know the Tzemach Tzedek gives us pretty much the precise time of the Alter Rebbe's passing, 11.30 in the evening. Vos, benegea kamadinim v'inyanim hobendach kiyodua, di shoyz v'motzei Shabbos, kodesh v'archatzei zelayla shaychez, tzu Shabbos. We know that there are various halachic considerations which consider Motzei Shabbos until midnight as being tethered to and linked to Shabbos. The fact that the Tzemach Tzedek made sure we knew that the Alter Rebbe passed away before midnight is linking it yet again to Parsha Shmois, telling us that Parsha Shmois has a lot of insight to offer into what the Alter Rebbe's life work is all about because that's the culmination at the time of his passing. So what's Parsha Shmois about? What sets Parsha Shmois apart from the Parshas that both precede and follow it? In fact, Parsha Shmois is quite unique in this particular respect because the Teichon from Parsha Shmois is Golos Veshibut Mitzrayim. The focus of Parsha Shmois is all about the exile and the subjugation of the Jewish people in Egypt. Because in the Parshas was Far Parsha Shmois, the Parshas that preceded at the end of Chumash Bereshis, which is Vayigash and Vayechi, from Mitzrayim. Yes, they do describe the Jewish people, the children of Israel, living in Mitzrayim, but it's before their slaves. Even though they had already gone through a spiritual and physical descent to enter into any moral place like Mitzrayim, but they're not yet enslaved to Mitzrayim. As the famous Medrash tells us, As long as one of the Shvatim was still alive, the Egyptians did not enslave the Jewish people. And of course, until the end of Vayechi, all of the Shvatim are alive. That's the contrast between Shmois and the parishes that preceded, because they're before the Tzoros begin. Now let's look at the parishes that follow it. And the parishes was Noch Shmois, Parshas Vaira and Boy, the next two parishes which follow Shmois, Hagama Zeichen Zevet, Geret Vagit Kufasashibut von Din in Mitzrayim, yes, Parshas Vaira, and to an extent Parshas Boy are describing things that happened to the Jewish people while they were slaves in Egypt. Von Esvegen sends a Shainon in Parshas Vaira, the Zeichens of Demonic von the Geula, but Parshas Vaira is already a whole different mindset. The signs of Geula are now becoming apparent. Firstly, we see the signs that the Abishad gives Moshe to share with the Jewish people, telling them that they're going to leave Mitzrayim. And then, of course, there are the actual plagues themselves which dismantle Mitzrayim. So it's not that harshness of being slaves because the slave machinery is actually falling apart. And as we know, the slavery itself became far lighter and easier during that period. And the Gemara Rosh Hashanah tells us that already from the Rosh Hashanah, before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, there was no longer slavery at all. So Va'ira is talking about a far softer experience of what Parashat Shmois is describing. And needless to say, Parashas Boy is nowhere near like Parashas Shmois because that's actually the story of the Exodus itself. So what's unique in Shmois? What distinguishes Shmois from the other parashas is the entire parasha is telling us details of how difficult and how severe the slavery was Beasts of them telling and safe from the set until you get to the end of the parish where things hit their absolute rock bottom. As Parahot says, where Parah says we're no longer giving the Jewish slaves raw materials, and but we're increasing the intensity of the work that they have to do. On Bizafira was so bad that even Moshe Moshe complained to the Abishamels, from the moment I came to Parah to speak up on behalf of the Jewish people, on your instruction, life has only gotten worse for the Jewish people. So so what is Shmois? It is the thick and intensity of the Golos.
Und er mit, kennt man mit der Hefsche, die Scheiches von den Stalkes von Alten Rebben zu Parsha Schmois, knowing that about Parsha Schmois will help us better understand the correlation between Alten Rebbe's passing and the message of Parsha Schmois. Because with the month Freeris, the Stalkes von Alten Rebben given base and given sich in Golos, firstly practically, when did and where did Alten Rebbe pass away? In his own state of exile. <coughs> As the Tzemach Tzedek says, they were running from the French, they were refugees, and they were metultal, they were in a state of disconcertion, they, 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 things were not settled. And the Rebbe gives a first-hand account of how difficult things were and how chaotic it was. So the Alter Rebbe is in a state of Golos when he passes away. That's quite apt to link to Pasha Shmois, which is about the intensity of Golos Mitzrayim. But there's something far deeper here too. We know very famously from uh, Tanya what the Alter Rebbe writes about the passing of a tzaddik. What happens as that at the moment of a tzaddik's passing, all of his investment, all of his avoid, all of his efforts, all come together and culminate. And and that generates this tremendous revelation of divine energy into the world at the time that the tzaddik leaves the world. So we know that every single event that happens is obviously directed in detail by Hashem. And that's true of anything that happens in the world. So it must be much more so the case when it's an event related to a tzaddik and not just any tzaddik and nasi hadur. As dos was the Alten Rebbe is the full understanding, so we can understand as dos was the Alter Rebbe his stalkus is given in Golos. The fact that the Eved should design that that the Alter Rebbe should leave this world while a refugee, while running from the French, while in exile, is thus a bavayz of them keshon pnimistik hashayches svishon meisev v'seirosev avidosev unembala ilula. That indicates that whatever the Alter Rebbe's primary investment of avoda is about. Which is what's going to reach its climax and reach its revelation at the time the Alter Rebbe leaves our world. That must be something which is directly related to the value and advantage of us doing things for Hashem, serving Hashem specifically in Golos. So therefore, because the Alter Rebbe represents the greatness of serving Hashem in a state of Golos, that translated and evolved into the physical experience of his Yistalkus, which is the culmination of all this avoida, Dafka being in a state of Golos. So let's understand what did the Alter Rebbe do that is so much about this energy of Golos, and I guess let's understand what the energy of avoida and Golos is all about. In fact, this is so relevant to the Alter Rebbe's life that the last time the Alter Rebbe has the opportunity to physically celebrate the Gula of Yutus Kislev, which is obviously the most pivotal st- moment in the Alter Rebbe's Avodah, which the, the Alter Rebbe celebrated in this world, is given in them Golos Orphan Zanistalkus, happened while he was in Golos. Because as noted, that Samach Tzedek told us <coughs> that the Alter Rebbe and his entourage came to this little town of Piena on Erev Shabbos Vayishlach, was thus given for Yutus Kislev, which was before Yutus Kislev. You may see a, a, a note from the Friedrich Rebbe that indicates otherwise the Rebbe says that was probably an editorial mistake, and it's not what the Friedrich Rebbe wrote. 
and the, the proliferation of Hasidus in an unprecedented way, that is the core of what the Alter Rebbe's Avoida is all about. And that principle of spreading and teaching Hasidus is something which is very much about how we serve Hashem in Golas, as we'll explain, and as we have already touched on. That's why the Alter Rebbe's final celebration of Yutas Kislev in the physical realm. If it's the last Yutas Kislev that the Alter Rebbe experienced, then it is the highest variant of Yutas Kislev that the Alter Rebbe ever experienced. Because as the Alter Rebbe tells us, every year in Rosh Hashanah there's a brand new energy that enters this world, a greater light that has never been in this world before. That's what happens on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah of Hasidus surely the same thing. And where did the Alter Rebbe celebrate it? Given in Golos, in a state of exile. That's not accidental. It is core to understanding what Hasidus is all about. And it wasn't just some place of exile. It was the destination where the Alter Rebbe eventually passed away in exile. Because that is the location and that is the time in which all of the Alter Rebbe's Avoida is at its highest, most powerful state. What does all of that mean? How is Chesidus in its highest state, specifically in Golis? Well, in order to understand that, let's go back to the parasha, because we said that the parasha is always going to be uh, illustrative and help us understand what's going on in the world. So the parasha is Shmois, which is all about the intensity of the goddess of Mitzrayim, and there's something very intriguing about Shmois representing goddess Mitzrayim, because the name of the parasha is supposed to obviously capture the core theme of what the parish is about, the name Shmois actually seems to undermine the intensity of the goddess in three different ways. Shengret Filmol, as the nomen for Aseder, dikt ois mitzich, dem inhalt von de ganze Seder, the Rebbe has pointed out numerous times, that the name of a parish encapsulates within it the core meaning and theme of the parish. Is a sniff verstande, in which case Shmois doesn't seem to make sense. The name Shmois would seem to actually encapsulate the exact opposite message of Golos and Mitzrayim in three different ways. We've already mentioned that the Medrash tells us, As long as any of the people who had been part of the original 70 who came down to Mitzrayim were still alive, the Egyptians did not enslave the Jewish people. In which case, as the infant Shmois Bereisola boy Mitzrayimah, the parasha starts off by telling us the names, and that's what the Shmois is from, the names of the people who entered Mitzrayim, or got into Lozentem Shibut for Mitzrayim, were actually listing the people who prevented the Golos. How's that the name that you use for a parasha, which describes the Golos in its worst scenario, and yet the names that are alluded to in the parasha, the Shmois Bereisola, are actually the people who saved them from Golos. Number two, Oich. Also, another message of Shmois, the fact that the recounted the Jewish people and by name, we know the principle of when Hashem counts us, and particularly by name, because Abishta wants to show how cherished and beloved we are to him. If Abishta is illustrating his love for us, that also seems to be the exact opposite of what Golos is all about. And that's the message of the parasha. How does Shmois, illustrating Hashem's love, 
represent the parasha, which indicates Hashem allowing us to suffer. And lastly, Gimel the Shemos Zainim Gor Kamayim Chazal Hashem Geulas Yisrael Nizkurukan. There's also a major that tells us that how were the Jewish, or what were the relevant, what was the relevance of the names of the Jewish people who are listed over here at the beginning of Pasha Shmois? Names that represent Geula. So how does Shmois, which seems to have so many positive connotations and connotations specifically related to either obstructing Golas or celebrating Geula, how does that become the name of a parasha which is all about the intensity of Golas? So let's understand what is the unique mode of service of Hashem that happens in Golos, because that will actually lead us to an answer. It explains that the value and advantage of how we serve Hashem during Golos is because the nature of Golos is to elicit our sacrifice for Hashem. In order to have that degree of sacrifice and dedication to Hashem, Mesiris Nefesh, would mean that we have accessed the Yechida dimension of our soul, otherwise known as the essence of our soul. Golos elicits the core of our being. Because Yechida, or the essence of the soul, because typically, when does a person call on their deepest core self in order to serve Hashem? When they don't feel a conscious degree of either love of Hashem or enthusiasm for Judaism or an awareness of Hashem in their lives. In other words, when a person engages the core, the essence of their neshama, their relationship with Hashem is not built on what they feel, what they understand, what they appreciate, but on the core fact that they're Jewish and that is immutable. So therefore, in a time where Judaism was beautiful because there was a base amigdash, and everybody could experience revelation of godliness, so what motivated Jewish people to do what Hashem wants, to serve Hashem? Inspiration, enthusiasm, love, awareness, because that was their experience. They could actually relate to and experience and sense the Eivishter in ways that relate to their mind. They could understand godliness, or understand that godliness is real. And they felt that they had a true inspiration, true, true passion for Hashem. So that means that it created the kind of avoidance Hashem which is rational and <coughs> uh, passionate and, and something we could relate to and feel. So you don't, at that point, in that way, sense serving Hashem because of your Yechidah Shebenefesh, because who needs the Yechidah Shebenefesh? I relate to this, I get it, I feel it, it's, it talks to me. Now that's in the wonderful time of the base Amigdash, Dafkin's man Golos, but when you're in a time of Golos, when the Hester, when godly energy is blinded from us. As we say, like the Pasuk in Tilim says, we don't see signs of the Abisham, we don't know when it will ever be resolved. And there are many obstructions and many concealments and many obstacles to doing what Hashem wants. It's specifically in those circumstances where we lack that awareness and that excitement and that passion and that understanding that they had in the time of the Beis HaMikdash 
then then we got to dig deep and we've got to get in touch with the core of Anishama to to be able to empower ourselves to overcome all of those <coughs> obstacles to doing what Hashem wants that's where we have to confront the fact that our relationship to Hashem is at the core of our being and it's not the result of things that inspire or talk to us that's what happened and was actually the purpose of the Golos of Mitzrayim and by extension of any Golos at any time in our history. Golos squeezes out from within us the essence connection that sits at the very core of who we are and cannot be undone. And that's the connection we have to Hashem. That level of sacrifice, that awareness, that this is who I am and can never be switched out and can never be uh, uh, mitigated. <coughs> that prepared us to be able to receive the Torah. Where the objective of Matan Torah isn't just to give us information, but to give us a mechanism by which we could bring Godliness down into the most physical, arbitrary things. And through our observance of Torah Mitzvahs, we could turn this lowly physical world into a place that accommodates Hashem in the most profound way. Which is the essence of Torah. The essence of Torah is not to be religious. The essence of Torah is not to conform to a whole set of laws. The essence of Torah is to marry Godliness to this world. So how do you access the essence of Torah? Well, first you have to access the essence of your neshama. Where does a person access the essence of their neshama? In a time and place where Godliness is not something we appreciate and something that we feel. And so we have to dig really deep. That's the value of Golas. Another principle of what the greatness is of serving Hashem specifically in the time of Golos. Which means we're in a time frame that Godliness is not observable. It's not real to us. And in spite of the darkness, we specifically arouse the depths of our Neshama, the essence of our Neshama. That is Marumas in the meaning for Shmois. <coughs> that is exactly what the name of this parish of Shmois illustrates to us. That is the whole message of Shmois because the, the concept of a name is a paradoxical concept that illustrates exactly this point. The Shaykhs van Anomen to mention was when you analyze the relationship between a person and their name, you'll find there's an incredible paradox. On the one hand, I don't really need a name in order to be me. So if I'm alone and nobody ever refers to me by name, it's okay, I'll still be me. <coughs> Why do I have a name? So that you can get my attention, so you know how to refer to me. Which indicates that a person's name is very superficial compared to the person. On the one hand, and the truth is, because a name is essentially a tag, by knowing somebody's name, I don't really know the essence of who they are. What's the proof? There can be many, many people sharing the same name. And people sharing the same name might be radically different people. 
Val the Shem Spiegel, not the Mihus from Baal Hashem, because again, a name is a tag. It's not a reflection of the essence of who we are. Not with us is in him in him from Oir, of our Spiegel, Dr. Moir, and from Matthias, or Kevin Hobbin, our Sogin and Moir. It's not like light and the source of light, where if you can analyze the light, you can get a sense of what the source of the light is about. So if we analyze sunlight, we may have an, in the, an insight into how the sun operates. If you analyze a person's name, you don't have an insight into who they are fundamentally. On the one hand, but on the other hand, for the Tzveta Zaytopper, is Yaduas the Nomen from the Mention, Hatashaychusim Etzema Adam. On the other hand, we know that your name does have some kind of a link straight to the core of who you are. In fact, your name touches a part of yourself that is actually beyond your incredible intellectual or emotional assets. I will prove it in two ways. When you call somebody by name, you get the entire person's attention. The whole person turns in your direction because somehow you've spoken to the essence of who they are. You've elicited the essence of the person. And then a better or even stronger example. When I mention God forbid a person passes out. Now, if a person passes out, that indicates that the Neshama is not so invested and linked to their body in the normal way, in the healthy way. So there's a disconnect between the neshama and the body. How do you re-engage the neshama? How do you rouse the person you call their name? It's incredible. So the neshama is kind of switched off. And how are you going to reactivate it? Call the person's name. Those are proofs of the fact that while the name might just simply be a tag, it's not just a tag. It's a hyperlink directly to the core of the person's neshama. And the name is powerful enough to re-engage the energy of the soul back into the body by calling the person's name. And that is actually an advantage to a name over light itself. Yes, if you analyze light, you have an insight into the luminary that produces the light. But... But no light will ever be able to transmit the essence of the, the luminary. It will only be a radiation from the luminary. Whereas here, the name is able to link to the source of the person. So there's the irony. The essence of a person is achieved or, or, or reached or, or activated Dafka without experiencing the revealed parts of the person. So the person is out for the count and yet their name can speak to their essence. This is exactly aligned with how we explain the greatness of how we commit to and serve Hashem during Golos. That the time of Golos, where you don't see our incredible insight into godliness, and you don't see our great passionate commitment to Hashem as you had in earlier generations, and yet what do you see? That somehow our essence is revealed. So that's the meaning of the word Shmois, and why Shmois is the perfect name to describe the parasha of Golos Dafka, because Golos is that paradox. Which brings us back to why the Alter Rebbe's passing, which culminates all of his avoida in teaching and spreading Hasidus, is specifically linked to Parsha Shmois, the Parsha of the Paradox of Golos. Because we know very well that just as there's the Yechida ultimate essence dimension of the Nishama, 
Within Torah itself, there is also the essence dimension of Torah, which is not Kabbalah, it is Hasidus. And we'll see in a moment why it's specifically Hasidus. And the Ikegilu from Bechines Yechida from Torah is in Hasidus Chabad. And where do you most access the Yechida dimension of Torah, the essence of the soul of Torah? In Hasidus Chabad specifically. Because what the Altarebbe achieved with Hasidus Chabad was to take these incredibly infinite concepts, powerful concepts, and translate them into language that the rational mind could, could process and understand. With the objective to be able to have a meaningful impact both on the Nefesh Abahamis and on the physical world in which we live. And that effect should be so profound that we totally do a 180 and transform the nature of both our Nefesh of Hamas and the world. Because that's when you know that you're dealing with the essence of Torah. And the essence of Pneumia Satara, when you can take the lowest and transform it to become the highest. What does that mean? By mentioning exactly as we've described with a person, the paradox of the person's Nishama. As is Galas from Yechida Etzem and Neshama, that in order to reveal and access the essence of the Neshama, Yechida is Dafka when the Kirchas Agluim Zayin in a matzah fun helen vehester. Dafka, when do you access the deepest part of your Neshama? When the more, so to speak, uh, uh, exciting parts of the Neshama seem to become unavailable. You don't have that depth of understanding. You don't have that profound emotional attachment to Hashem. A similar thing happens with the deepest part of Torah, the Yechida in Torah. When will you access the deepest part of the Torah? When what you have to deal with is the most removed from holiness and from Torah, the most mundane and physical elements of this world. But the Piskam from Bala as the Alter Rebbe himself said, that the whole objective of Hasidus is to transform the nature of a person's midos, meaning to say the nature of those midos is quite mundane and worldly. And Hasidus comes along not only to stymie the negative midos that we have, but to transform the lowest midos to become holy. And that's the common denominator between Hasidus, the Alter Rebbe's life work, and the avoiding goddess represented by Parashat Shmois, because in Beide Tutsichufti is goddess from Bechinas Yechide Dafka, in M. Ortvos is Mushlof from Giloy Or. Because both Golos and Hasidus Chabad share the same objective, which is to reveal the essence of Torah or the essence of the Neshama in an environment which is not conducive, Golos or the lowly world in which Hasidus should impact and transform. Again, the, the Rebbe has spoken about this previously, that you can see the Alter Rebbe's work reflected in his name. Shnei is Milashayin Shnei Or. The first name of the Alter Rebbe represents a double light. Zalman is Asius Lizman. Zalman is the same letters as for time, which is a, a factor of this world. It's a constru- construct of this world. So therefore, Shneir Zalman, as the double-barreled name of the Alter Rebbe, implies exactly this paradoxical state of bringing both degrees of light into a world that is that is finite and, and restricted by time. So the, so the meaning of the double light, which the Baal Shem Tov referred to with regards to the Alter Rebbe, as if 
indicates that the Alter Rebbe's objective was, and his mission in life, was to illuminate the, light, the world with two lights. The light of the revealed parts of Torah, Halacha, and the light of the hidden parts of Torah through Chassidus. But that's not where it ends. On the Uftuf and Schneir in Einvort is, so the fact that these two different styles of Torah learning come together in a single world, as from Alter Rebbe is given, doesn't just mean that Alter Rebbe uh, broadcast on two, two channels, one which is a Nigla channel, one which is a Nista channel. It's Shnei or a single word. That means to say that the Alter Rebbe created the perfect harmony between the world of the esoteric and the world of the exoteric. How does a person have the capacity to be able to meld together two worlds which are effectively completely different to each other? It's because the Alter Rebbe is not operating in the stage where different parts of Torah are distinct from each other. He's operating in the essence of Torah where everything is obviously a single essence. The Yechida dimension within Torah. That is a dimension of Torah which is completely beyond the concept of either being revealed or being concealed. Therefore, it's the cost of Ashlishi. It is the third dimension that is able to harmonize and to put together what should, by nature, be contradictory realities. Not only did the Alter Rebbe succeed at this high, almost academic or spiritual level in harmonizing a world of the hidden parts of Torah with the world of the revealed parts of the Torah, but he brought that down into Zman, meaning. It's one of the key constructs of this world. The world is defined by time and space. Time is an incredibly limiting element that we have no control over. And so therefore it represents the helm of this world that, that hides Hashem is obviously beyond time. So it hides Hashem from us. Which means that the Alter Rebbe's objective is that in the lowest world, the most confined world, the darkest world, what should be completely accessible and revealed? Shnei Or, the dimension of Torah that unites the different elements of Torah. It's only in that way and at that point that we're able to reveal the essence of Torah. As we've already pointed out, when are you revealing the deepest dimension? When you're reaching the lowest levels. In you're touching and reaching, influencing and transforming a part of the world that would never be able to relate to, nor would the Giluyim be able to relate to them. Now the Giret Filmol, the Rebbe has discussed numerous times, the ultimate purpose of all existences, that even those dimensions which are completely beyond the, the created reality and completely beyond our reality, Anything that is completely beyond us, ultimately the objective is it should become part of us and therefore expressed in our normal day-to-day experiences of mind and heart. And therefore we're supposed to get to a point beyond how it is now where our intellect and our emotional attachment to Hashem is perhaps hidden. Yes, it's true that to be in Golos and to serve Hashem with mysterious nefesh is amazing. It's got a tremendous advantage. Because it awakens the deepest part of our neshama, and that's incredible. But 
is the Chobot the Tachlis from Golos, nobody would ever argue that, great as the Golos might be, that that's the purpose. Rather, the purpose is, the ultimate purpose is Gula, which follows and results from the Golos, or our avoider in the Golos. In other words, it says, the goal is that this incredible experience of our inner self, the core of our Neshama, for mention should be something that illuminates and guides how our minds work, how we relate to Hashem in terms of our character, in terms of our feelings, etc. Each one of them should be completely saturated with the awareness and reality of the Etzim and Hashem. And that is the Alter Rebbe's achievement in teaching Chassidus Chabad. That as Etzim Pnimius Atera, what Alter Rebbe succeeded in doing is to take the very essence of the deepest parts of the Torah, which is completely beyond the structured reality of creation, completely beyond the rational mind. It's so deep and so profound that you would imagine actually the only way to access to access it would be worth either very mystical learning. Or just emuna. You believe in Hashem. You have to believe that these things exist because you can't. You can't process them rationally. What it Alter Rebbe achieves? The goal and the achievement of Chassidus Chabad is these highly sublime, profound, abstract concepts should be things we can actually learn and understand. And understand in such a way that it actually transforms the nature of our behavior, the nature of our character, the nature of our emotions. That we should have a meaningful passion for Hashem and a true awe of Hashem. That's why we point out over here that the Alter Rebbe passed away. Motzei Shabbos Kodesh. It's interesting because the Gemara tells us if a person passes away Erev Shabbos, it's a good sign for them. Motzei Shabbos, not so much. And the Rebbe points out that maybe not for them, but the Rebbeim were focused on the legacy and impact that they would leave us, how they would transform us. And so therefore the Alter Rebbe would rather pass away, so to speak, on a Motzei Shabbos where the work week is beginning to empower us to go out there and work and to make this difference. It's now the beginning of the first day of the week of Pashas Veira. But you don't yet see clearly that we're in the, in, in the time of Veira. Vaira is going to talk about true revelation of Hashem. A name of an experience of godliness that even the others didn't have. Rashi tells us that up until this particular point in time of Pashas Veira, the Abishta had never revealed to anybody, even the greatest Sadikim, his truest self, so to speak. The name Vaira means things which are revealed and open. The Altarebbe passing away. At Motzei Shabbos which is all about our avoid of activating the Yechidah Shabbat and Yechidah Shabbat to transform and totally change the world, something which is beyond us, something which we should never be able to appreciate, we should never be able to understand. Through Chassidus Chabad, that Shmois becomes Vaira. It becomes something that we can see and that we can experience and that we could relate to in a highly personal way. That is the objective of Chassidus Chabad. And of course, as we know, Chassidus Chabad will prepare us to greet Mashiach Tzikeinu, the ultimate giloy elikus, the ultimate giloy of Yechidah Shebenefesh, Yechidah Shebetoira, should happen. Take care of Omiyad Mamash.